Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we are grateful, we are thankful, we thank you, Lord, for a day like this. We thank you, Father, for making way for us to be in your courts. We pray, Lord, that you speak to us this afternoon. We pray, O oh God, that you give us of your Holy Spirit to minister to us the engrafted word of God, the ancient word. Father, give us hearts that are receptive to your word. May your word fall on a good ground and bring forth fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and please be seated and turn your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. Today, I am beginning to share with you godliness. Say godliness. Say godliness. Wonderful. So, um, tell your neighbor you are blessed to be here. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. Here is the word of God. It says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Hallelujah. These things command and teach. Amen. You see, um, in this short life that we have, in the short life that God has given us, there are two things that we can do. We have two choices. Amen. Is that Sylvia? Wow. It's good to see you. Amen. 
So in this life, there are two things that we can do. We have two choices. Either you choose to live your life based on experiments that people have made already, based on mistakes and corrections that people have made already, how people have lived their lives and have made certain mistakes and have corrected them, you can watch this and then live your life that way to avoid these mistakes. Or, on the other hand, you can live your life by using your own life also as an experiment. Ignore all the things that people have done and use your life as an experiment and make your own mistakes and then correct them. Are you with me? But what I'm trying to show you is that you don't have a lot of time to afford making certain mistakes and then learning to correct them. Because in the end, you are going to come to the same conclusion as those who were before you who made those mistakes and made corrections. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So this is what the Bible says about the word of God. We will come back to this scripture, but let me show you what the Bible says about the word of God. In Psalm 12 and verse 6. The Bible says, The words of the Lord are pure. The words of the Lord, the word of God, or the words of the Lord are pure. As silver tried in a furnace. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. The word of the Lord or the words of the Lord are pure. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. That is the word of God. It is pure. Amen. It means the word of God has been tried. The word of God has been tested in the world that we live in. The earth has served as a furnace and it has gone through the earth generation upon generations. The word of God has been tried and it has been tested and it's been purified and it is now pure as it is given to you. Hallelujah. Now when silver or gold is purified in a furnace, it comes out pure. When silver or gold or a metal is placed in a furnace, the furnace is turned on at a very high temperature such that the only thing that can withstand that temperature is a pure silver or pure gold. So the fire affects every part of the silver or every part of the gold. And finally, when it comes out, it is in its purest form as silver or as gold. And the Bible says that is how the word of God is. It has been tested. It has been, it has been proved. It has been tried. 
it has gone through the furnace of the earth and it has come out as the pure word of God. Hallelujah. The pure word of God. So anything that is not pure is not in it. What you have is the purest form of it. Hallelujah. Say the word of God has been tested. Say it has been tried. Hallelujah. So it means God has applied his word to every form of life. God has applied his word to every condition that can possibly exist here on earth. It has been tested. It has been tried against every situation and it has come out in its purest form. Hallelujah. So it means the word of God is always true and applicable to every situation that you might possibly encounter or possibly imagine. It is applicable in every condition. There is no exception. There is no exception. So now you can choose to now use this which has been tested. You can choose to live your life by the word of God which has been purified, which has been tested, which has gone through trials. You can choose to apply it to your life and live by it or you can choose to experiment with your own life. Hallelujah. But I can assure you that in the end, you will find out that the word of God is true. As many people before you have concluded that it is true and is purified. So you cannot say, for instance, that, oh, my situation is very unique. You know, sometimes when you are counseling someone and you are using the word of God, the person will say, Reverend, you don't understand. But my situation is very different. My situation is very unique. The word of God has been purified. It has been tested against even your situation also. That is why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, the thing that has been, it is that which shall be. The thing that has happened before, it is that which shall be. And that which has been done, it is that which shall be done. So he says, there is no new thing under the sun. So you think your situation is unique. You think your situation is different. The Bible says there is no new thing. There is nothing that is happening to you right now that has never happened before. And in all of that, the word of God has been proven to be purified and tested and proved to be true. That means it is applicable even to that situation. Hallelujah. So why am I saying all these things? I am trying to lay a premise that the word of God is accurate. The word of God is pure. The word of God is or must be acceptable. And the word of God is absolute. It means that you must take it just as it is, without questioning. It means that even if you don't understand it, and you accept it, and you apply it, it will work, because it has been tested, it has been proven, it has been purified, and it has been proven to work, 
and applicable to every situation. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So even if you have not gone to school before, you have not done mathematics before, are you with me? You have never done mathematics before, and you don't know how to do additions, and it has been proven, and it's been tested, and it's been verified that 2 plus 3 equals 5. Even if you don't understand what is 2, and you don't understand what is 3, any time you take 2 and you add 3, it will always be 5. You cannot go wrong. Anytime you take the word of God and apply it to your life, whether you understand it or not, it will always work for you. It will always work for you. It will work in this generation and it will work in generation to come. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this afternoon? We don't need any more experiment. We don't need to experiment life with our own lives to prove it. Many old people have found the proof of that already. And many people, many old people find the proof of that at the end of their lives. That is when many old people find out that, in fact, the word of God is true. That is why older people, when they speak, they all sound as if they have all read the Bible before. They all sound like they know the scriptures. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, that is why when you are counseling, or an older person is counseling, say, a couple, a husband and a wife, who are having misunderstanding, and you, an older person is counseling them, a husband and a wife who wants to separate, they want to divorce, and an older person is speaking to them, often you hear, for instance, they will say to the woman, as for men, they are all the same. If you are planning to move from this one to go to that one, well, they stay, because as for men, they are all the same. And then they say, as a woman, what you must do is to respect your husband. How many of you have heard that before from an, a, a, an, an older person who has never been to church before? Only five people have heard that. You don't have old people in your lives. They, you will hear them saying that every man wants respect. Every man wants respect, even if they are poor. Even if they are unemployed. Even when they don't have money, they want respect. Have you heard that before? Yes. They say, you, 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 they tell you, as a woman, you need humility to stay in the marriage. They say to you, if you continue in this habit, if you continue in this behavior, you will never be able to stay in a marriage. And they have never read the Bible before. But all that they are sharing with you is Ephesians chapter 5. Everything they are sharing with you is Ephesians chapter 5. But they have lived their life and they have come to that conclusion. The only older person who will tell you, leave the marriage, get out, you, you, you can't stand it, is a witch or a wizard. I am telling you. And in a witch or a wizard, the word of God does not apply. 
No older person will encourage you to leave the marriage. They will not encourage you. You hear sometimes an older person advising a woman, you are fighting and the man is complaining and then she says, she, they will tell you, as a woman, you cannot withhold yourself from your husband. Yeah. Have you heard that before? They say, as a woman, you cannot withhold yourself from your husband. You have to do everything to keep him home. Isn't that so? They will advise you, do everything to keep him home. They are quoting 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 4 to you. That is what they are quoting to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 4. And then he will say, the wife had no power of her own body. But they don't know that they are quoting scriptures. But life experiences, mistakes, and correction have taught them the word of God. Because the word of God has been proven over the generations. It has been tested. It has been applied against generation after generation. And it has been proven to be true. And they have come to learn it. And they have come to understand it. That, listen, the marriage... As for a wife, don't withhold yourself from your husband. It will only send him out. Yes. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? They say it will only send him out. So whenever you are being counseled by an older person, they are quoting scriptures, but they are not aware. But life has taught them. Life has taught them. They will say to the woman, as for women, they are all the same. As for women, they are all the same. Just stick to one. Have you heard that before? Just stick to one and focus on one. As if God has told them that when I made Adam, I made only one woman for him. But they are quoting it from scriptures, from experience. They say they are all the same. They say, as for women, all they need is to be pampered. Women need to be pampered. Have you heard that before? When we are getting married, they say, women, they need, if you pamper her, she will give you everything. She will give you everything. If you pamper the woman, she will give you everything. Just pamper her. Have you heard that before? They say, have patience. Have patience with her. Women, they are like that. They, but have patience with her. They are quoting Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25. That is what they are coaching. They are quoting Ephesians 5.25. Wow. And they say, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Wow. And then he said, I've given myself for it. Oh. He said, Pamper her. And then the next verse, he says, he says, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Present your wife to yourself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. If you are pampering your wife so that there's no blemish, you know, you, you, you see a spot, ah, there, I have some nice cream that is, um, put some on your face. You know, I see there's some blemish. And they are quoting Ephesians chapter 25. But they have come to know Ephesians 25 through Ephesians 5, 25 and downwards through life's experience. That they realize that the fighting didn't get me far. 
the arguing didn't get me far. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Because they have made certain mistakes and they have learned from that. Amen. No, no older person will encourage you as you are going about as a young man sleeping with all kinds of women. Sleeping one woman after the other. One woman after the other. No older person will encourage you. Are you with me? But you see, a young person who has no experience, who has not made certain mistakes and has not received correction, he will hail you. He will praise you. He said, this one too? Ha! And that one too? How? Man, come on, give me five. Because they have no experience in life. Life has not taught them anything. They are empty in their head. Hallelujah. They are empty in their head. Is somebody understand the word of God? Yeah. They think you are cool. How? How? Charlie, what? How? 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 What do you say? They want you to coach them, teach them. Say, I've been here all these years, not even one, only just this one. But how? You? You just got here. They are empty headed, empty. Nothing in their heads. Amen. When an older person is advising someone, a young person who is aggressively looking for money, you are aggressively pursuing money. They see you have no time for anything. Only for money. Everything about you is for money. When they see you following money, they advise you that if you follow money like that, it will lead to your death. Have you heard that before? Even they have not been to church before. But they say, if you follow money, if your heart goes after money like that, if you put your heart in money like that, you will die. You will die. It will kill you. They say, money will kill you. Sometimes they say, there is no shortcut to riches. You can't make any shortcuts to riches. Experience, mistakes have taught them that. They say, money destroys relationships. Money will make you miserable in relationship. If money is your focus in relationship, it will make you miserable. And they are quoting, they are telling you all these things. And they have not been in church before. They have never read the Bible before. But experience and mistakes have taught them 1 Timothy 6.10. And they are quoting 1 Timothy 6.10 to you. They say the love of money is the root of all evil. They didn't read the Bible before. But they have come to experience that. And to find out that the love of money, it is the root of all evils. While Say, which while some converted after, it has destroyed their relationship. But they don't know that they are, co- they are quoting that while which some converted after, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Money, the love of money. And they are quoting all of these things to you. Because life has taught them the word of God. Amen. So in the same way, when a young person also studies the word of God, when a young person has studied the word of God, 
he sounds like an older person. When a young person knows the word of God, he sounds like an older person. That is why an, a young preacher can sound like an old man. When a young preacher is counseling you, it sounds like an old person. That is the reason why a young preacher who has never been married before can counsel an older couple. Because of all of that, what works, what is applicable is the word of God. Which has gone through the fairness of earth. Purified seven times. Amen. Amen. And so it's applicable. Hallelujah. So when an older person who knows the scriptures is speaking, he sounds old. A young person, but sounds very old. And then sometimes they ask you, how old are you? Sometimes they ask, how many years have you been married? That is why an, a, a young preacher, your parents can call you when they are having a quarrel. And they say, come and hear what your mama is doing. And tell me what you think. Your opinion matters because the word of God has made you mature. The word of God has made you old. Because that is what it is. Makes you sound like an older person. Look at Psalm 119 and verse 97. Psalm 119 and verse 97. It says, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. When the word of God is your meditation all the day, you are always meditating on the word of God. Listen, the next verse. It says, thou, through thy commandments, you know, the word of God in the scriptures, sometimes it is called statutes. Sometimes it is called commandments. Sometimes it is called the law, your law. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So when you see these words, they are the word of God. It says, thou, through thy commandments. It means, oh, you God, through your commandments, has made me wiser than mine enemies. The word of God will make you wiser than your enemies, even when they are older than you. He said, they have made me, your word has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. Next verse, he says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. The word of God will make you have more understanding than the people who teach you. If they don't know the word of God. You see, I want you to, I, I, I am trying to sh- show you that the word of God is absolute. It is final. It is the ultimate. He says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies, testimonies are also the word of God. For thy testimonies are my meditation. They are my meditation. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He says, I understand more than the ancients. I understand more than the old people. I have more understanding than them. Another scripture says, another version says, I have more understanding than the elders. That is why when there is a gathering, family gathering, and there's a a Christian who is vexed in the word of God, they wait to hear your final word. They wait to hear what you are saying. Because the word of God makes you 
wiser than the ancient. It gives you more understanding. He says, because it's for I obey your precepts. He said, the reason is, is because I obey your word. I obey your precepts. And it has made me wiser. It gives me more insight than all my teachers. For your meditation, your testimonies are my meditation. He says, I have refrained from my feet from every evil way that I may keep thy word. The word of God, it will make you refrain from evil ways. The word of God will teach you that this path is leading to, you see, you have never been there before, but when you have the word of God in you, it will teach you that the path, the end of this path is an evil end. And the word of God will make you refrain from the evil way. He says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgment, for thou hast taught me. The ancient of days, God is your teacher. If God is the one that speaks to you, then I can assure you that you'll be very wise. Amen. You'll be very wise. If God is your counselor, if God is the one that teaches you, that you are always, every morning, allowing God to teach you, you'll be very wise. And people will marvel when you open your mouth to speak. He says, I have not departed from thy judgment, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So the word of God makes you wise because it has been tested from generation to generation to generation. It is applicable. Now, one such thing that we are reading today, one of such word of God that we are reading today, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.8, it says, For bodily exercise profited little Bodily exercise will profit you very little. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Hallelujah. You see, do not wait. Do not wait until you are old to come and find out that this is true. It says bodily exercise, things pertaining to the body, the things that make the upkeep of the body, the things that maintain the body, they profit very little. But godliness, godliness, being godly, being a God person is profitable unto all things. It says bodily exercise has very little profit to your life. But being godly is profitable unto all things. In this life and in the life that is to come. Hallelujah. Now what does it mean to be godly? To be godly means to be pious. Number one. Number two, it means to show reverence. This is to be godly. It means to be pious. 
Number two, to show reverence. Number three, it means to be religious. And number four, to be holy. To be holy. Number one, to be pious. Two, to show reverence. Three, to be religious. And four, to be holy. And the Bible is saying to be a godly person, to serve God, to be tired and coming to church, to be sleepy and coming to church, to be reading your Bible, to be, to, 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 to be driving long distances to serve God. It says it is profitable in every area of your life. Receive it and accept it. Amen. Amen. It's been tested. This has been tested. This has been proven that to be godly is profitable in every area of your life. Hallelujah. It is profitable in every area of your life. You don't want to experiment with your life to find out that being godly is what is profitable. Hallelujah. You see, godly exercise is not an evil thing. You have to understand that. It's not an evil thing. It has some benefits. There is some good in bodily exercise. There, now, when we talk about bodily exercise, it's not just going to the gym and doing exercise. Do you understand? Bodily exercise pertains to everything that has to do with the body, such as educating your brain, such as getting a career, getting money, buying clothes, beautifying yourself, doing your makeup, doing your hair, Going to the gym so that you have a nice body shape. Building a house for yourself. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah, he says bodily exercise is a good thing. It has benefit. But the benefit, as far as your life is concerned, is so small. It benefits you in a very small area of your life. Amen. If you are focusing all of your energy and all of your strength in pursuing a career, it will profit you but very little as far as your life is concerned. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? If you are looking for beauty, you are looking to look good. You want to look good. You want to dress nicely. You want to do your hair. You want to do your makeup. It will profit a very small area of your life. Are you hearing me? Church. Yes, looking good is good. It's good to look good. Looking good may get you a husband. But looking good will not keep you in a marriage. I said looking good is a bodily exercise, but it profits you in a very small area. What is going to keep you in a marriage is godliness. Godliness. It can get you a husband. It cannot keep the husband. Amen. Having a nice face and a nice body shape it's good. It can help you. It can help you get a husband. 
having six packs can help you get a, a wife. But it will not give you a happy marriage. Having a nice face and a nice body will not give you a happy marriage. What will give you a happy marriage is godliness. Hallelujah. When husbands are angry, they don't look at your body shape. When husbands are angry, they don't see a beautiful face. Amen. When the wife is angry and is ready to pack and leave the house, they don't look at your six packs and change their minds. What will keep the wife in the marriage is godliness. It's godliness. You are lucky you have six packs. I almost packed and left. You are lucky that you have six packs. You will not take off your shirt and show your six packs and say, I have changed my mind. But godly counseling, the word of God, godly counseling, when the woman has exercised herself in godliness, that will keep her in the marriage. Even with your behavior like that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. And this you will grow in life to come to find out that it is true. Hallelujah. You see, people don't accept the word of God. You see, for bodily exercise, profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is, of this life, and in the one that is to come. Godliness, it profits you in every area of your life. In every area of your life. But sometimes you find a young woman, for instance, who is getting ready to get married, preparing to get married. They spend all their time Planning for the marriage. Planning for that one day of the wedding. They spend all resources planning for that one day of the wedding. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? No time for marriage counseling. They don't have any time. I have things to do. I have to see the planner. I have to try my gown. Tonight, today, I can't come for the meeting. I can't come for marriage counseling because I have to see the organizer. I have to go to the restaurant. I have to go to the hotel. I have to. They spend all their time in bodily exercise and neglect the godliness. But I'm saying that bodily exercise, it profited very little. Hallelujah. Amen. I say it does what? Sometimes you see that even their planning, they give a short time for the, the ceremony. A short time for the wedding ceremony. And when they are running late, they say, Reverend, can you make the sermon short, please? Because we need to go for the reception. They want hours for the reception. They want hours for dancing. Amen. And they say, can you make the sermon 10 minutes? And even the people who are around, people who are there, they are irritated. 
for the long sermon. When the couple is sitting there and you are preaching your heart to them as godliness, the thing that is going to keep them in the marriage and lead them in the marriage, they are not listening. Their wise, their mind, their energy is all focused on the kiss that is coming. They are practicing in their heads how they are going to kiss. And by the way, no one should be kissing like you are a mature kisser in a wedding. You shouldn't be kissing as if you have been kissing for a long time before. You know your experience in that is unacceptable. It is unacceptable. Who are you showing that you are experienced? And you tell us, you tell us that you are unexperienced. You don't know anything. Reverend, when he kisses me, my lip is itching. What should I do? You were the one that was at the wedding kissing like a mature. Putting out your tongue into the tongue and the mouth into the mouth. Exchanging saliva. I noticed. How did you know that when we kiss, we put our tongue in a tongue? How did you know that? How did you know that? Sometimes I want to get up and come and stop it there, right there. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Godliness is what will keep you. Godliness is what will profit you in every area of the marriage. Hallelujah. Raising children. You know, knowing ballet dancing and knowing how to play violin and to learn tap dancing it's not what is going to keep the child. Talk to the children and ask them. When they are at school, when they are at middle school and in high school, and they are encountering their, their colleagues who are showing them marijuana and showing them photograph, pornography photographs and naked women and videos and showing them this, ask them if ballet dancing protect them from walking away and seeing these things. Or ask them if karate, learning karate as a child is what is going to keep them away from these things. Godliness. The fear of God. Being a godly child. Being a godly person. Being someone who goes to church. Someone who hears the word of God. That is what is going to keep them away. Not ballet dancing. Not karate. So you have parents whose energy, all of your energy is to raise your child. My child should know how to dance ballet. My child should know how to swim. My child should know how to, how to do judo and karate. My child should know how to play violin. And you have no time for church. No time for church. My child has to go for this game. My child has to go for skating. You see, as these children, as they are sitting here, we have done all of that. When you are in high school, when you are in school and your friends, they come before you see your classmates using marijuana and using all kinds of things, skating, that skating protects you from these things. It's the word of God, godliness. 
It has been proven. It has been tested. Whether you like it or not, it has been proven. It has been tested. It is that which works. It is that which works. So accept it and run with it. Whether you believe it or not, it is that which has been tested. He said, as silver tried in the fairness of earth, purified seven times the word of God. The words of the Lord are pure. Amen. Amen. Speaking different languages, your child speaks French and he speaks Latin and he speaks Spanish and it does not protect them. When they encounter a wicked and unreasonable man, it's the word of God. It is the word of God. Godliness is what protects them. Godliness is what has kept your children from using marijuana. Godliness is what has kept your children from becoming lesbians and gays. It's godliness. Amen. I'm teaching you something. Going to Ivy League school is not what is going to keep you. I, have, I, I know many people who have gone to Ivy League school and they are poor. They are poor. They owe so much money, they can't even pay. So the, bodies, the Bible says, bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Having promise of the life that now is, and that which is to come. It says, godliness is what is profitable. And the next verse, verse 9, it says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Accept it. Take it. It's faithful saying. It is faithful. It is constant. It is never changing. It is loyal. It is that which has been proven. It has been tested. Things have tried it and it has remained faithful. Faithful means constant. Loyal. Always the same. Never changing. It has been proven. And he says, the Bible says, this is a faithful saying. This is a faithful saying. Look, let's go back to the Amplified Version and let's read 1 Timothy chapter 4. Where did we start from? Verse 6. Let's read it and then we'll end the service. Let's read it. I'm just introducing godliness to you. Godliness. He says, if you lay all these instructions before the brethren, you will be a worthy steward and a good minister of Jesus Christ. Oh, I believe I'm becoming a worthy steward as I'm teaching you these things. He says, you'll be a worthy steward and a good minister of Christ Jesus, ever nourishing your own self on the truths of the faith and of the good Christian instruction which you have closely followed. But refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales. Refuse them. Uh, as for a woman, in a marriage, when you get money, you bring it home. Refuse these things. These are not godly. When there's poverty, we take it to the man's house. When there's wealth, we bring it to the woman's house. It's a grandmother's tale. It's not the word of God. Refuse them. Refuse them that says, oh, you are getting old. Why don't you just find any man and just have a child with? It's a grandmother's tale. It's a grandmother's tale. It's not godly. 
You are getting old. Why don't you find any man and just have your children? And silly mates. And express your disapproval of them. So your grandmothers or your mothers, when they are saying this to you, express your disapproval. Be godly. Let them smell God on you. Let, let them feel God's presence about you. That they will not come to you with these tales. Amen. Amen. Refuse all these proverbs. He says, but refuse, train yourself towards godliness or piety, keeping yourself spiritually fit. Amen. Amen. Is somebody hearing me? Focus. I want your attention. This is how you miss things in church. And you go home and do the same things. For physical training is of some value. Amen. Amen. I've been mean, I do understand the word of God. Physical training is of some value, useful for a little. But godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything. Say everything. 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 You see, you have not tried it, you have not tested it. You are using your life as an experiment. But you will come to realize that this is true. You will come to realize that this is true. A young woman, you want to marry, you don't even care about counseling. You don't even care about counseling. All you want is that I am called the wife. I am called the husband. Because you also want to take photographs with wedding gown. It will not keep you in the marriage. I said, that will not keep you in the marriage. Godliness is what will keep you in the marriage. Young people, are you listening to me? Yes. So don't come to me, Reverend. Can we make the counseling three weeks? Can we make it two weeks? Can we make it two? That is what will keep you in the marriage. What I'm teaching you is what will keep you in the marriage. You watch. He said, it's useful and of value in everything and in every way. You will see. I'm going to share with you. You will see. It is useful in every way. It's useful in your career. It's useful in your finances. It is useful in your marriage. It is useful in every way of your life. Godliness. For it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. It holds promise. It is that which you can depend on. It is that which is guaranteed. It has promise. When you are a godly person, you can guarantee a successful life. Having a Harvard degree cannot guarantee you a successful life. Don't you know people with Harvard degrees that are poor? That have committed suicide? The next verse, it says, this saying... This saying is reliable. This saying that godliness, that bodily exercise profits little and godliness is profitable unto everything and every area. It said this saying is reliable. You can rely on it. Say, Reverend, go to sleep. I'm taking this. He said this is a reliable saying and worthy Worthy of complete acceptance of everyone, everybody. 
Everyone. It applies to you. It applies to you. It applies to you. It applies to you. Everyone. With a view to this, we toil and strive. This is why we don't stop. This is why we are sleepy, but we come to listen. This is why we are tired, but we drive long distance to come. This is why we have have worked hard, but we are here to listen. This is why we are sleepy and tired, but we are listening. Some should go in. With this view, with a view to this, we toil and strive, yes, and suffer reproach because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the savior, preserver, maintainer, deliverer. He's the one that will preserve your marriage. He's the one that will maintain your finances. He's the one that will keep your job. He will deliver you from being unemployed. The deliverer, not your degree. Ask them who work. Just last, when was it that we were traveling? MD degree, MBA, administration things, and bosses and business degrees and letters. He says, but godliness will keep you. I said, godliness will keep you. Being godly, they will maintain you. Being godly, they say, you go, 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 go. You stay. Godliness. Who is the savior, the preserver, the maintainer, the deliverer of all men, especially of those who believe. Do you believe? Do you trust in him? Do you rely on him? Do you adhere to him? Let there be some godliness about you. Let them feel God about you. It is a profitable thing. You will never be sorry. Let them say all kinds of things. Church, 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 church. Every day you are going to church. Every night we can't find you. Every time. When you are looking for her, ask for her, go to the church. Ask for him, go to the church. He's there. Church, 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 church. The Bible says it is profitable in every area of your life. Every area of your life. Every area of your life. Sometimes they say, even today too, Weren't you there last Friday night? All night. What were you doing in a church? How many times? How long should you pray? I, I, I mean, ah, ah, God, if you say it, he will hear it. Wherever you are. Why do you have to go? Say it. The Bible says these things. Women's meeting. Were you not, not at the meeting all night? And Saturday, instead of doing your laundry, going to the market, doing this, you are also going for another women's meeting. For what? Bible says that thing, these things, these things, they look like nothing, but they are godly and they are profitable in every area of your lives. Every area of your lives. Amen. Amen. Therefore, it says, continue to command these things and to teach them. Teach them. Command them. Let the people take this. Let the people adhere to this. Teach them. Because it's profitable. They look at you like that. As you go and as you come. The Bible says, and then shall you return. Then shall you return. You will come back and you will see the difference. The difference between those who serve God and those who do not. The difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. You will see a difference. That serving God is profitable. Being godly is a profitable thing. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is up. I want to pause here and I will continue next time we are together. It's never in vain.
it is never in vain. Oh yes. It is never in vain to serve God. You shall return. And you shall see the difference. The difference. There will be a difference. There will be a distinction. There will be a marked difference between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not serve God. Oh yes. God. Thankful. We are grateful this afternoon for your word. The unchanging word. The ever true word. The ancient word. That which is able to change our lives and to transform our lives. That which has been proven and tested and tried. As silver tried in the furnace of earth. Purified seven times. So pure are your words. Lord, we thank you for imparting in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that has taught us this afternoon. Let your word remain on this good ground. And let it bring forth fruits in our lives. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed. You are here this afternoon. You are not born again. I want to give you an opportunity. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. If that is your prayer, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here. You are not born again. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Do not leave this place the same. Do not leave this place the same. You are here this afternoon. You want to receive Jesus. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You hear a voice. It's ministering to you that this is your day. I don't know, but today may be the only time that you have this opportunity. If you are not born again, no one should die and go to hell. Is that you? You want to receive Jesus? Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Why don't you all join? And if you are listening online, I want you to join. You, you want to receive Jesus as your Savior. I want you to say this prayer with me. Why don't you say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. I am not worthy. But this afternoon, I come to you with a heart of repentance. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. From today, I will serve you the rest of my life Lord Jesus please write my name in the book of life thank you Jesus for saving me today in Jesus name Amen why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus oh somebody was trying to clap for Jesus we believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message we invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Dew of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Brian Kuma, 
please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.